Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, welcome to the show, everyone. Got a look at the East Regional now, and we got some big question marks here. Because the number one seed that earned it, and this is because the selection committee goes off of the bulk of the work, rather than where the team ended up. But uh, in terms of the number one seed for the East region, we've got Michigan. Now, the issue with Michigan, uh, even though the Big Ten was the toughest conference this year by far, the problem with Michigan is you've got a significant injury impacting that roster. So even now, the Vegas odds still has Michigan as the third highest team uh, in terms of uh, uh, best odds of winning it all. Uh, Michigan is plus 550, but realistically, their odds of winning it all by most statistical measures is down less than 10%. Uh, You know, when I kind of ran through uh, the numbers again, you know, Michigan was by far the lowest rated team uh, to actually win it all, mainly because of uh, the injury. Actually, I was being way too kind to uh, Michigan uh, with Isaiah Livers out. Their odds of winning it all are less than 3%. Their odds of making it to the Final Four is uh, a little over 5% according to team rankings. And, uh, you know... It's it's a it's a tough road for Michigan to be honest. It's this region is not that easy, and without Livers, who was their best wing defender and also uh, one of their more prolific shooters on that team, that's a short rotation that Juwan Howard, uh, the former Michigan great and Fab Five member, uh, you know, he runs a really short rotation. So uh, with Michigan normally at seven or eight guys not having livers there for the vast majority of the tournament. People are saying it's a miracle if he even makes it back for the championship match. I I just, I I have to discount Michigan quite a bit because yeah, they're, they're the one seed. They earned the one seed based off of the bulk of the work, but the injury is a significant one in terms of what they want to do and their style of play because of, not having necessarily the roster depth to justify uh, lengthening out that bench. So it makes it much harder to kind of justify uh, Michigan going significantly deep. Uh, The benefit is that uh, that top half of the East, there are enough winnable uh, areas where they can get by, but... uh, that second round matchup, uh, most likely against LSU, 
it's going to be a tricky one. They should get past LSU and Will Wade, who, you know, only in America you could have someone literally on an FBI wiretap not only not get fired from his job, but not face criminal charges, you know, because of uh, priorities shifted in the middle of a pandemic. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, I, 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 that's a... That's a story I just don't have the time to get into again with LSU. But, uh, you know, LSU playing St. Bonaventure. Uh, the Bonnies uh, got very hot towards the end of the A-10. And, you know, it is a winnable matchup. Don't get me wrong. Uh, against uh, LSU. I don't necessarily have any confidence in LSU. Uh, with uh, some of the athletic players they have with uh, Cam Thomas and Trendon Watford and Javante Smart, if they play defense, they can win this region. This region is wide open, in my opinion, given the injury to Livers uh, for Michigan. So LSU has the talent to get it done. But could they stub their toe immediately in the first round against uh, St. Bonaventure? Yeah. Uh, because even though I don't necessarily think uh, St. Bonaventure is a top... Uh, I mean, I think they're closer to an 11 seed, to be honest. But, uh, you know... They have a very good defensive unit. They're going to play scrappy. Uh, this is one of those games where I don't I don't envy the odds makers uh, on it because I could see, I can make cases for both teams and realistically, you know, you can't choose everyone. And I, I just look at it as LSU's a point and a half favorite over... St. Bonaventure, uh, over-unders at 144 points. I would take the under. I I think both these teams uh, make life difficult for one another, but not necessarily being able to get transition points and baskets. I I just, I honestly look at that as a coin flip, but I do think that, uh, you know, LSU pulls that one out, and I do give them the edge against Michigan uh, to be, perfectly honest i don't think michigan is prepared to play without livers for an extended period of time because of all the things he brings to that squad given their short rotation so maybe the bench players uh step up the occasion but i I really think that they're gonna have uh trouble at the wings uh moving forward as we get further and further into the tournament and the quality of competition keeps ramping up so you know very curious, uh, but uh, I do see, uh, I do, I, I do see this being a case where you can have an LSU run because uh, Michigan goes out early. So, looking at the rest of the region, though, you've got uh, Colorado and Georgetown. Georgetown's an interesting case because Georgetown's a twelve seed. Uh, Georgetown was not good in the regular season, got hot, needed to win the Big East tournament to qualify for the NCAA, in my opinion. 
Uh, even if they lost the title match at the Creighton, I still didn't think uh, Saint, uh, uh, Georgetown was getting in. Uh, but they they got the win. They stomped Creighton, and they get re- rewarded with a 12 seed. I, I think you know this is one of those cases where uh, maybe the geographical region played a role, and they didn't want to have it too close, but. Uh, I kind of look at it as a case where, you know, you're getting a substitute uh, that's ice cold into a game because of injury. Uh, I I just kind of look at it as a case where, you know, at the end of the day, Georgetown really should be slightly higher. I, I mean, the playing game between... Michigan State and UCLA as an 11 seed is a joke because to, to me, the playing game should have been that 12 seed. Georgetown should have been the 11. I I, I, I don't get it with the selection committee sometimes when they put up these random matchups because I get it from, an, uh, from a rating standpoint while you're matching up Michigan State and UCLA for the first four in. What I, do, I, I don't understand is why you can't make the first four in a 12 seed uh, instead of uh, this uh, 11, uh, 11 seed uh, area, I, I again, I, I think they have more than enough uh, flexibility within uh, the bracketeering to make that happen. So, um, but again, I, I'm going off on a tangent. So, uh, Colorado should be able to beat Georgetown. Is it that close of a matchup? Probably. Uh, with the way Georgetown's playing, uh, you know, they can make di- life difficult for Colorado. Uh, you know, Colorado's a five-point favorite. You know, the line has been moving towards Georgetown, and I think it's because of the Georgetown alums and everyone getting excited. I just feel like this is a pump-the-brake situation, and uh, you're you're going you're gonna to basically... Uh, end up uh, being too pro-Georgetown in terms of the uh, bet. So I think eventually sharp money is going to come in on uh, Colorado. And I think Colorado is the better team. Uh, Georgetown's just uh, on a very good run, but I, I really do think Colorado's a better team. Uh, Florida State versus UNC Greensboro. Florida State is very interesting because they just got uh, – beat at their own game by Georgia Tech in the ACC title game where uh, Florida State's usually won hustling, forcing turnovers, and now they're looking for uh, that similar spark, but it's it just isn't there for this season's squad, even though they had a pretty productive uh, year overall given all the disruptions uh, to the ACC uh, schedule. Um Florida State uh, pretty much was, uh, for vast part of the ACC regular season, the best team in the ACC, along with Virginia. So, I I just kind of look at this case where, you know, Florida State, I think they have enough veterans on that squad that they can get to the Sweet 16, you know. Colorado, Georgetown, yeah, I expect Colorado to win, but uh, I'm not exactly expecting any type of uh, more formal, uh, 
formal run where uh, Florida State goes goes off and uh, just rattles off a bunch of wins and gets to the Final Four. I don't necessarily see them having the legs for that, but could they make an Elite Eight run? Yeah, uh, I definitely uh, can see that happening uh, because of uh, some of the volatility at the top half of the bracket given the Michigan situation. Um, in the bottom half of the bracket, you got BYU facing the winner of Michigan State UCLA. Like I said before, committee wanted to have a storyline and be able to sell tickets and uh, you know ge- generate some buzz about the tournament. So you got Michigan State and UCLA paired together, but uh, you know Michigan State is the squad that if anyone's going to catch fire and doing damage uh, with that, it would be him. Uh, I mean, it would be uh, uh, Spartans with Tom Izzo uh, having the level of experience of being able to manage uh, games when uh, you got to find points uh, wherever you can. So I do think Michigan State beats UCLA. Uh, And, you know, I I think I'm going to have some exposure to... uh, uh, just getting a little bit more out of this region with Michigan State or Texas run. Texas, that's the three seed. That, again, kind of comes down to where uh, uh, where things land uh, in terms of the Michigan State-UCLA game because I do think that they have enough to beat BYU, either of those squads, and uh the questions get uh, will be asked, uh, you know, uh, about uh, the readiness of certain teams, how fair it was if uh, Michigan State uh, is allowed to play with a reduced roster. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of look at this as a, a case where, you know, Texas, they're one of the stronger teams in the field. Shaka Smart has uh, his team ready to go, uh, by and large. Uh, the biggest thing I, I look at when it comes down to Texas is uh, the fact that the matter is, uh, you know, can Texas basically uh, run a two-man game uh, uh, with Kai Jones and Jericho Sims and just beat teams inside with their size because that's where uh, they've been generating uh, the majority of their offense uh, and, you know, intimidating teams, basically, uh, with their size. Uh, So Texas is the team I'd be uh, very curious about. And the other one would be UConn. Uh, Danny Hurley's team uh, has performed very well with the return of James Boonight from... Uh, layout uh, uh, being laid out uh, with uh, uh, some medical issues, uh, but uh, you know, with Boo Knight available, UConn is a completely different team uh, due to its size and abilities. Uh, you know, he he has a different uh, again, the bill. Uh, I talk about Evan Mobley, but uh. James Wood Knight is a top three pick in the draft uh, next year. Uh, I think he's going to rise up draft boards uh, 
he's not quite there yet, but uh, I, I think with a strong tournament run, uh, he's definitely going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, and, you know, again, with the, uh, with the, uh, the volatility in the region, because of, we don't know how Michigan is going to get over the livers injury. Uh, I think the region's wide open. So uh, UConn, uh, over Maryland, uh, their second round matchup would almost certainly be Alabama dispatching Iona. But, uh, you know, don't count out Rick Patino coaching and getting his players uh, absolutely ready to play. Uh, you know, to me, the, uh, the team that I kind of look at it and say, you know, did they get overseeded with? would be Alabama. Uh, they got seed as a, as a two seed out in the East. Uh, I'm not even sure if they would qualify for a three seed out in the Southern region, uh, to be blunt. So uh, seeing them moved up to a two seed, uh, I, I just don't see much value in that play. Uh, but, you know, Kind of moving into later rounds, uh, as I said, I like UConn. I do like Texas, so I'm probably going to be either or in this region with the winner of uh, that potential matchup between Texas and UConn in the Sweet 16. So East region, I I just look at it as we're going to see some volatility uh, I'm not really prepared to do an exact guess of how many issues would crop up, but you know, I, I think it's uh, this is a if you want to get different with your brackets, this is the region to target in terms of some of uh, the results because, uh, as I said, this is the weakest one seed due to the injury, and no one's really stepped up to fill the void, if you will. So. Uh, East region, definitely keep your eyes open because I think that's where the bulk of brackets are going to be won is how uh, well uh, they navigated this East region because I, I see a number of potential landmines that could pop up. So uh, that's going to do it for uh, the East region. But uh, as I said, I'm, I would lean more towards uh, upsets because I don't necessarily see uh, – Michigan sticking around that long for a deep run, and that's where they generate the bulk of their media revenue for the year is by conducting uh, the interviews. But, uh, you know, I, I think if, if we're really looking at this uh, objectively, uh, this region is going to have probably the double-digit Cinderella potential is higher here than in other regions. Uh, I don't necessarily see it playing out. I, I do see it more as a higher-seeded team wins out in the region. So whether it be a UConn or Texas, so because I, I do think the one seeds uh, in the other regions are far more secure. Uh, so uh, that will do it uh, for the East region and uh, Stay tuned for uh, the Midwest uh, and South uh, coming up uh, in the next day or so. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. 
Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.